When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mirror's final Celebrity Big Brother podcast. It's all over and I'm so excited about it. If you've missed any of the episodes so far, you can find them all on iTunes and on Audioboom. So I'm Vicky Newman from Mirror Online's showbiz team and I'm joined today by the fabulous Tom Reed Wilson. Hello everybody. Hi. Obviously, Tom, people will know you as the lovely receptionist from Celebs Go Dating. Yes. But yes. this series, you joined the cast of Bit on the Side. I didn't did indeed. You? I did. What's it been like? Oh, I can't tell you. It, it, they are the most hospitable bunch. And they made me feel almost straight away like part of the furniture. And especially. Ashley Ryan. Yeah, what's he like to work with? Well, I was sort of somewhat in awe because I think everything that he does on screen, he, it seems so effortless. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you're doing all of those things and you're you're reading the auto cue and you think about what's coming and you've got a voice and you're only saying there's a, a minute left. Yeah. Or it's like rubbing your head and patting your tummy times ten. And he does it and makes it seem effortless, which is such a gift. And um, and also takes a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously, yeah. And um, so I was rather in awe and rather nervous. And the very first day of Ordinary Big Brother, which mm-hmm. is when I started, mm-hmm. um, he was just so warm and so hospitable and so encouraging. And I think we tickled each other a bit, which helped too. So we've just got closer and closer. And I simply adore him Aww. I simply adore him I bet it's been so fun and what yes we even played sardines once really yeah what, for a little warm up for a little warm up <laughs> Ryan and I jammed up against a sink <laughs> <laughs> desperately trying to cram in about 20 crew members <laughs> and not be seen in this tiny little office did you get found we did ultimately get found but we, <laughs> but we were of vast group of what we were fans well, so I thought that in itself was a triumph definitely a win yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. it was a feather in my cap definitely yeah and on your CV <laughs> sardines champion yes <laughs> so what what's it like kind of behind the scenes obviously Bots is just such a great companion show isn't it to, mm. to the main show and it's just really fun it's all the gossip and everything yeah. and you know what's it like backstage and well it's it's amazing. It's very, very warm, very friendly. It's like a little family. Um, also, it's like Ryan has pimped the office. So everything is adorned in glitter. <laughs> and there's a sort of Warhol-esque picture of him. And there's a wonderful kind of extended pick-and-mix sweetie bar that he's, he's installed. And that sounds good. He's made, it, one of them. <laughs> he's made He's just like this giant injection of fun yeah you know and that's what the whole office feels like it's very colorful um 
very vivid and full of sort of vim and vigor. And, um, and then that spills, as you see, onto the show. And mm-hmm. what I love about the show is that really it's kind of the only show I can think of on television that's almost like a variety show. Yeah. Because you sort of, you get comedians and you get singers and if they possibly can close and indeed open with a musical number, then they will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Ryland's hosting runs the gamut from sort of um, news broadcaster to stand-up, really. I mean, it's it's so... um, varied and broad um so that's why i love it because it's just so eclectic and it's so frenetic backstage because it has to be thrown together rather quickly Mm -hmm. because of course yeah how quickly depending on what's happened and yeah yeah indeed indeed so you're always sort of flying by the seat of your pants but in the most stimulating way keep you on your toes absolutely (laughs) yes yes so obviously it all came to a big dramatic end on Friday and obviously Sarah Harden was crowned winner and what what did you make of Sarah as a winner were you expecting it well I think it always depends on how people vote Mm -hmm. so I think that you have year on year you have a feeling of um, are people voting for the side-splittingly funny one? Mm-hmm. Are people voting for the nicest housemate? Are people voting for the housemate that has been an absolute undiluted televisual feast? Mm-hmm. And I think this year it went in the direction of televisual feast. Which yeah, she, people wanted that drama, didn't they? They did, and she was amazing because she sort of ran the gamut from um, tremendous vulnerability Mm -hmm. to anger to um, romance Mm. to um, great humour. I mean, I actually think probably the funniest moment in the house was when she sort of protested and protested about Big Brother playing her song and then suddenly (laughs) hit that room for all it was worth. And she'd, oh, if I must, I must. (laughs) And I thought then I was roaring with laughter at that because I knew it was coming before she did. (laughs) So I think for for sheer diversity of of, um, emotion and and trajectory, Mm -hmm. I would say... I, I would say she was a very worthy winner. Yeah. I mean, she did, She did, particularly at the beginning, have quite a hard time, didn't she? And she mm. found it obviously quite draining and stressful and she got upset a lot. Mm. I mean, do you, do you see why it would be such a difficult experience to be in the house? Well, where I felt for her was that... Um, now, I'm not for a minute saying that um, she, she wasn't sometimes in the wrong in Mm. the arguments but what I think was tricky was that um that her her allies until she got very Mm -hmm. close to Chad um didn't really pipe up in the arguments and so I think that she was she had to defend herself a bit more vociferously because she was on her own yeah so I think that that um was probably the reason Mm. yeah no, I know what you mean. And I think, obviously, she, I mean, she said herself that she kind of wanted to go in there to show the real her. And yes. she felt like she'd had a bad time in the press and stuff like that before. Yeah. And do you think maybe, obviously, you go in and you want to you wanna give this impression, a certain impression of yourself. And then you're in there and not knowing 
what's being shown, yes. what people are thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like that must be so hard and like really mess with your head. So hard, but I think what's so lovely about her winning is that I think that the clear message mm. of her winning is that people love her what's and all. You know, True, because I think yeah. it, um, if you're going in and you're thinking, if you're preoccupied with thinking, I want to show the best side of me, mm-hmm. and then you get out as a winner, and mm-hmm. you you know that you've shown a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of everything, yeah. then ultimately the message is we we love you warts and all, which I think is much more much more liberating than people just loving the best version of you. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think she was so chuffed, wasn't she? Oh, like, she was thrilled. And we had a chat in the it. green room, and she was. She was over the moon. I mean, her yeah. eyes were twinkling with tears, and she was she couldn't stop smiling. And it was so, and I, that makes you really chuffed because you think, oh, if it's had that kind of impact on a person, that's yeah. so worth it, isn't it? It is definitely. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about her and Chad then. Obviously, yes, bit of a bit of a romantic storyline in the house this yes. time and yes. I think everyone was quite captured by it yes. and I think it really divided people as well though because obviously the whole thing with she was seeing somebody on the outside yes she said herself it was nothing serious it only been a couple of weeks yes you know yes do you think that that's okay that she got with Chad I mean she obviously couldn't help her feelings for him could she well I think this curious phenomenon which actually I've met all the housemates now mm-hmm. and the one thing that they all say is that a day is feel, feels like a month yeah I've and, that um, and it, it really it, I think one can't imagine unless one's been through it mm-hmm. because to have that kind of magnification of time um in every sense, you know, if you have a conflict, it seems like it, it's enormously protracted. Mm-hmm. If you have a romance, it seems like it's enormously protracted. So I think that I completely um, buy that phenomenon because, yeah. um, because everybody agrees on that point, whatever else they disagree on. Yeah. Um, and I think that must have an extraordinary um, impact um, and therefore, I'd kind of um, reserve judgment on mm. on kind of morality and things because yeah. I think it's sort of um, such a unique set of circumstances. Mm. I mean, people do say that that kind of time is just totally different in there. Obviously, they've mm. got they've got nothing to do. You know, it's not like they're sitting around and they're watching the telly or they're reading or whatever. They've got nothing to entertain themselves. Oh, I know. And that's why. That's why I think I probably couldn't do it. Do you think? Because you haven't got telly anyway. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I am. I'm a voracious reader, Mm. and I listen to such a lot of music. And it. And if I don't have those. Two, mm-hmm. then I write and I'm very dependent on a good night's sleep mm-hmm. and I remember Joe um, from uh, Ordinary Big Brother mm-hmm. in the summer coming out and saying to me you, you've no idea you know you get about five hours sleep if you're lucky really? and um, what it does to you particularly if you're in your 50s or whatever um, is 
extraordinary. You know, it's just just extraordinary how long the day, the waking day is. Yeah. It makes you go a bit dotty. And I think that, I know in my life, my dottiness is kept in check with literature, blasts of Ella Fitzgerald or Maria Callas, <laughs> and a good night's sleep. And I think without those, as you say, just kind of whiling away the hours, um, I, goodness knows what would happen. I do, it's an experiment do you, I don't care to take. <laughs> do, you get, do you get quite grumpy when you haven't had enough sleep? Well, no, I'm not very... No, I'm not hugely I grumpy. I can't imagine you being grumpy get, ever. Well, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not actually ever particularly grisly. But I get very vague. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but how it would be compounded with the loss of artistic stimulation which is my entire life mm. that I I don't find out in a, in a way I don't think I could do it for like the just the psychological trauma yes yeah I think and it's like, the I don't think thing. I could handle like being in there and not knowing how I was coming across yeah like as much as people say they don't care like everyone does care what people course, think of them of course and in, 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 in our industry and like imagine coming out and then reading all these nasty things about you and like I don't know yeah, it would yeah, just be horrible yeah. and you always everyone's always going to have skeletons come out the closet aren't they oh yes everyone's hiding something yeah. and it all comes out when you go in Big Brother yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely I don't think unless you're out fairly early I don't think you can keep yourself in check for that long. You could if the conditions weren't so extreme. Mm. And the other thing you have to remember is that it's very small. You know, yeah. it, it looks vast There's on no screen. There's no escape, is there? No. You, you, it looks huge on screen, but, you know, it, a lap of the garden would take about a minute, mm -hmm. if that. So, you know, it's it's not a big place at all. No. And people have said as well, when I've spoken to people who've done it, obviously they say about the time thing, how it feels like a lot longer. Mm. But people also say as well that you begin to feel like th like these this group of people is the only people in the whole world. Yes. Yes. It's like and a you become, Truman Show. Like you get Stockholm Syndrome a bit, don't you? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why you get this... Um, phenomenon of people assuming roles mm -hmm. that they don't normally assume or relinquishing roles that they're familiar with. I mean, like Helen was saying that um, Sandy was such a natural and such an immediate house mother mm -hmm. that she didn't take that role, that that role was taken. And I think yeah. that once you, that affects the dynamic so tremendously because if somebody kind of comes in on day one and puts a stamp and then sort of proves pretty quickly that they're worthy of that stamp mm -hmm. within the group um, dynamic, then you have to sort of think, I see, so where do, where do I fit in this? What's my role? Um, because normally I would be such and such. Yeah. It's, it, which is very peculiar. But even that caused arguments, didn't it? Because... Yes. People wanted to get in the kitchen and they were like, yes. no, Sandy says you can't. And yes. Chad obviously was trying to eat the mints all the time. Yes. And there was hell on well, about then, that. That's, that's the other thing I think that happens in a kind of um, anthropological group yeah. experiment like that is that these, these roles kind of 
accidentally emerge. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through, people go, oh, well, hang on a minute. I don't know if I want to be defined as the comedian mm-hmm. or I don't know if I want to be defined as the um, house mom or whatever. And yeah. they start to rethink everything. But it's see, such a curious phenomenon. If I was in there, I would want someone else to cook all my meals for us. <laughs> I would be... No, but, uh, you see, the thing is, I've thought about this, and I, and I think that with, with a world of no occupation, mm. actually, you might think it, it's a really selfless thing to say, oh, I, I'm going to be the, the cook. Yeah. But if you think that preparing a meal, lovingly preparing a meal for 15 people takes all afternoon, then suddenly your time is filled and you're you're stimulated and you're doing something. So I think in in a way, for sanity's sake, you you kind of have to share it. Yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, it's something to do. Yeah, when you've got absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't take a day off work and then just sit and stare at the walls and... No, I can't either. I can't. I can never sit on my laurels. So I'd have to find something. I'd have to either yeah. clean or... I wonder if you can paint. I don't know if they... You probably can't. No, what, in the house? you paint, you could write. So. Well, I mean, Gemma, and, Gemma tried a bit of decorating. Well, didn't she? <laughs> that didn't, didn't go down well. No. <laughs> no, but she wasn't punished, actually, was she? I don't, no, not really. I don't think. Not formally. I mean, Brandy obviously got quite annoyed at her. Not Brandy, Sandy. Sandy, yes. Because Brandy did it with her. Cause, yeah, because then she had to be. Sandy was quite annoyed, but yeah, don't, Gemma wasn't really told off. I mean, that's that's graffiti. That is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. But hey, well, Big Brother missed a trick on that one. Couldn't yeah. really do something. I mean, bless her. I remember when she had to colour in all that popcorn? No. Like that oh, was, yes, that was yes, that's true. I don't know if they got everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was I a whole series. I wonder if she ever got to the bottom of that box. I, I mean, they said she had to, but... It was, it was vast. And how could you... Like, I didn't understand how you could colour in a whole piece of popcorn without missing a spot anyway. Well, I know, because, I mean, it's like craters on the moon. There's so many other... <laughs> Little bumps and crevices. Who took me? Definitely impossible. Do that <laughs> she looked like she gave it a very good go. Definitely. Yeah. So apart from Sarah's little dance routine to her song, what are your other favourite moments from this series? Oh golly, I loved the séance quite early on because I thought me too. Wasn't oh my it God. brilliant? I I thought it had everything in it too because you had some people that like Marissa seemed genuinely terrified yeah and then you had um, you know Sean and Helen having their slightly sceptical debrief afterwards and clearly didn't buy any of it I was and then some people that were sort of somewhere in the middle and they sort of weren't quite sure I was so happy that bots kind of answered the question that I had all along though which was why did Malcolm the ghost Make Jordan strip off? Yes! It was so weird, right? And then it was never answered until the final on Friday on Bots. And it's because Malcolm just thought he was cute, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, here's a little bit of behind the scenes gossip. Malcolm the Ghost's voice was actually Luke Kempner. Um, when they did that little bit around the house. Honestly, I've never laughed so much. No, I know. So he was. (laughs) He, I think he had definitely decided that that Malcolm was a rather elegant old Elstree gay. Obviously. Yeah, with designs on. I know. <laughs> designs but on how George. funny that he just 
fancy Jordan, apparently. <laughs> so he I demanded know. that he stripped off. Well, he's very just... fancyful. He's very charming. But Jordan just flesh. did it, though. It was like, all right, then. I know. No, <laughs> I didn't think he'd dare um, disobey or... or... Well, God, have what Malcolm would have done to him. With Malcolm. No, I knew you didn't. No. He was you didn't want to, wasn't he? You don't want to turn <laughs> a benign spirit into a slightly malevolent you one, do you? don't. Not in the house. You didn't want those, <laughs> you know, those inexpensive dishes flying through the window. I know. And then also during that seance, no one seemed to really talk about the fact that um, Sandy suddenly developed a spiritual gift also. <laughs> because she, like, <laughs> she started... She was kind of possessed by Derek's grandma, wasn't she? <laughs> and started yes. to start talking. You know all that information about Jenna's um, grandmother. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about about Derek? Obviously, it's very one or the other. People either think it's a load of rubbish, he's making it all up, or people believe he's got a genuine gift. Well, I have friends who have been to... Uh, um, mediums mm. and they've said that what they said to them was absolutely staggering mm. and actually the, the three friends that I've had who have done it are people that are by nature rather skeptical okay yeah so I mean I am rather keen to do it myself but and reserve judgment until I do and see what they throw up because bearing in mind how skeptical my friends are mm-hmm. I sort of I think I have to keep an open mind. Right. Can you organise for me and you to have a private reading with Derek Acora? Because I love him. And I, I, would, think, I think he's great. I would too. love that. I think he's very charismatic. <laughs> and Sammy's spirit guide can come too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously went in the house with him. He wasn't going to be Rylan's. I think Rylan's was Joyce. <laughs> Rylan's got a spirit guide called Yeah, Joyce. yeah. She, he often leaves space on the sofa. <laughs> Especially when he's talking to Derek, just so that she can join yeah. in. I think he, I think he thought that Joyce and Sam might be quite a nice love. Hey, you never know. You never know. You never know what happens. Even people in, in the, the spirit realm deserve you. love, don't they? They do. do. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about um, like shocking moments? Has anything that's happened this series really shocked you? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, the first kiss at the time was mm. shocking. And then we all sort of grew, grew used to it, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, Where the camera was, like, right above the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think that, that that moment was curious because they'd both been out for eviction, do you remember? And they were mm-hmm. kind of on the sofa. And they, were, they had discovered that they were one another's true allies in yeah. the house. And I think because they thought that they might be rather exposed and vulnerable at that particular eviction. I think the fact that they both kind of um, survived and got a positive reaction was uh, did huge things to them emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you see it in retrospect, it's kind of you can unpick it. And then I think the moment that was most moving for me it, it wasn't shocking, but it was disarming. Mm. Was the moment when Helen, who I simply adore, when oh, I'm so sorry about my phone. <laughs> it's too popular. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Helen was in the in the void, uh-huh. and um, 
Chris came in and she was so overwhelmed with emotion. She didn't want anyone to see it. She didn't want to be demonstrative about mm-hmm. it. She didn't even want to talk. And I thought, that is love. That is true, true love. Because here is a gentleman that knows her inside out and backwards, who she'll be married to for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. who knows her intimately, who's just saying, Darling, you know, she's she's saying, I can't talk, I can't talk. And he's saying, don't talk, I'll talk for you. And she just, you could see all her muscles relax and her collapse into him and sob yeah. into his oh, it was so chest. Sweet. And I couldn't stop crying. I It took me about an hour to recover from that moment because it wasn't histrionics. It was just pure, undiluted melting. And I said to her afterwards, I said, for me, that was the moment of the whole series because it was so disarming. So disarming. Yeah. I found that whole, that whole vault challenge like quite emotional as well. Yes. Like, when they all had to make the decisions about whether to keep their thing or give it to someone else. I know. And How I tough so, is that? I know. And I felt so sorry for Amelia when like her mum was there and yes. then she was so upset afterwards. And I think yes. she felt... Yes. She, I think she regretted her decision afterwards. I think she'd wished that she'd. Yeah, she kept was very. Own. She was very upset by that, and I think hers was the most difficult decision mm-hmm. because I think, you know, with with letters and so on, it's a little bit more clear cut. But yeah, I think poor Amelia was. She and Sam were the only ones that were faced with two live people yeah and I think that they had the trickiest decisions and I thought that they were both very altruistic to to forego their people yeah Um, I mean it is a tough decision because I think everyone's in there the same everyone's missing people mm. so to give up I mean like you say if if the other person says a letter it does seem obvious well mine's an actual person but Sandy though she gave up her daughter for Sean to have a letter from yeah, his fiancée. Yeah, yeah she did. She did, which is amazing, really. Um, but I guess at that juncture, you can be a little bit more philosophical about it. Because mm. at, at that stage, they were a week away. Um, yeah. So on, on the one hand, it's the longest that you've been in the house without seeing your loved ones. But, it, but on the other hand, the thought of seeing them is... Yeah. You know, is, is much more palpable and imminent. But a week's a long time in there. Well, yes. <laughs> As we said, a week is, it seems almost interminable in there. So, yeah, yeah I, yes, good point. <laughs> so, what what was it like at the rap party then? Have you got any goss? Oh, it was... Was it wild? It was lovely. We had, we had two rooms. We had a kind of a... Um, a VIP room, the bar, which is opposite the box studio. Mm. And then there was a big sprawling room with a dance floor and a, and yeah. a, and a buffet. Did you have a boogie? I cut a mean rug. <laughs> is the Pope a Catholic? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I had Dolly one. I've never heard that before. I'm pleased. <laughs> no, I had a boy. I couldn't stop dancing. I, well, I also, I, I tend to a stew cake because I'm at an age now where it goes places. <laughs> and um, 
So I had rather a lot of cake because the only time I'm not abstemious is when I've had a tipple. So I had tipple and cake and I thought, and then you well, I have, to, I have to work this off somehow. <laughs> so I just danced up a storm. There you go. It's like it never, you never ate that cake. It is. I know. I really, I, I danced until I was on the brink of breaking a sweat. What was everybody, what were the housemates the ones who were in till the final, what was it like for them? Because obviously that's their first night yes. of Brighton, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, well, I saw Sarah a little bit, and as I say, she was on cloud nine, mm-hmm. which was lovely. Um, who else did I really chat to? I had a nice little chat with um, Sean and his partner, Adele, who, mm. who were both charming, and they are so so in love I mean all suddenly everything that Sean had said in the house about how much easier he would find it with a partner Mm. made sense because they they were so in love and it was palpable you know Um, and then I chewed the fat with Helen for about half an hour which was lovely because I simply I mean I have adored her since I was knee high to a grasshopper and I grew up with that fab and and my friend and I say um, to each other all the time we're Always like, oh, we've got some lovely chairs because if so, we'll take some lovely photos, which is a fab with her. Just in case you think I've just gone mad. I did for a second. <laughs> but we, we quote her all the time, and um, I remember. I think he saw her on Google before mm. before I did. That she was going in. That she was going in. He said, "This has got to be true. This has got to be true." Yeah. And then that opening night when she went there and she said. Um, so I hope we've got activities lined up for us and you know I want to improve my sewing and, <laughs> that's essentially what this is isn't it an activity holiday <laughs> if only just marvellous <laughs> yeah but then I had this thing with Helen where I was hoping because I think she did find it tougher than she thought she was going to find it mm-hmm. and she sort of retreated a little bit and then I was this vociferous campaigner for her throughout where I said, well, actually, she's witty rather than kind of holding court funny. And yeah. therefore, she needs to be in a smaller group for that to come yeah. to the fore. Because wit doesn't do well in a great big group. It does better in a group of five or mm-hmm. six. And, um, but then I saw, that was when I realised when she had that moment with Chris and then she left the house and it was literally, she changed on a sixpence. Did you notice that the Helen that we all, all, all know, that incredibly witty, yeah. uh, um, laugh a minute Helen, um, came back in a flash in her interviews and when she was on box. And I thought, yeah, it's, it's liberation. I think you found it tough. I think it was a bit of a shame with all of the older ones that they kind of faded into the background a bit. There was like so yes. much drama with. Sarah and Gemma and obviously Sam and Jordan were so lively and obviously Sam had his flirting with Amelia. Yeah. It centred around them quite a lot and I feel like Helen and Sean and Sandy kind of... And Derek. And Derek were were kind of like secondary characters, if you will. Yes. Like they wouldn't be on the opening credits, would they? No, that's true, I suppose. And it... Yeah, and I guess it just depends what you crave because there were some moments where, you know, it's funny, with the older characters, I often think 
that they come alive in the diary room. Mm-hmm. Helen was because so good in the she diary was so, room. She was so good in the diary room. The I actually she, like, think she was ex- the best. The way she explained the dynamics of what yes, was going on in the house. And, yeah, yeah, everything. She was so funny. Yes. But yeah, when she yeah. was out there with everyone else, because they were so sort of like all the attention kind of went to them because they were a bit more dramatic. Yes. She kind of did fade into the background. But I think it's kind of, I think it's a little bit of a lottery in terms of um, what what gets used ultimately. Yeah, definitely, yeah. when I think about somebody like Nikki Graham, Mm -hmm. really all her most iconic bits were in the diary room. Mm -hmm. And I think that they were so funny that they, you know, they had to use them. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what proportion is diary room footage and with, you know, from, from week to week. Yeah. Um, and I think that if there's less, as you say, kind of big drama happening in the house, mm-hmm. then inevitably they'll use more of the wit and humour in the diary room. Yeah. And for me, actually, I think that's my favourite bit because that kind of witty analysis is the bit that tickles me the Yeah, most. definitely. I think when people go in the diary room, they let the guard down as well, don't they? They, they just, do. They see exactly what they think. They just don't... No one's listening, really. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not bothered anymore. And it all yeah. just comes out, and it does make for some amazing moments, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. And also you've got that thing where, you know, if it's not two people just conversing, mm-hmm. then people go that little extra mile. I mean, it's that, it's that journalistic trick isn't it where you if you're quiet mm. which Big Brother does all the time you see that yeah but Big Brother will, they'll finish their sentence and then there'll be a pause and then the celebrity will think oh I must feel this <laughs> pause and then they'll say it a bit more and sometimes when they say it a little bit more that's the most delicious little nugget yeah so it's, it's, they're very clever in the yeah. diary room people say it's a bit like therapy as well yes well I know for a fact that if I were in the house that would be my absolute lifeline Mm -hmm. because it would it would be my it would be my freud you know i'd I'd go in and i'd I'd have the talking cure (laughs) just let it all out yes yes and try and 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 let it out but also try and figure it out yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just yeah i don't think i could do it definitely not let's just not bother it's fine no it's fine (laughs) there are other things we can do we'll scale everest instead (laughs) Can we can we talk about Trisha for a minute? Obviously mm. she was quite a controversial housemate. She walked out yes. quite early. And I mean even a walk out, people were a bit upset about it because Carthic had just been evicted and then she walked out and the house other housemates said that it wasn't fair that Carthic had lost his place. Yes. But obviously it's what's done is done. They can't bring him back, can they, and say, oh, no. well, because she left. No, no. And, you know, in, in, in one way, um, it's nice to have one less person because you see more of yeah. everybody else. Um, but, yes, I, I thought it was a real pity because I think there was so much more mm-hmm. for, of Trisha. And can you imagine if she'd stayed just another week? I mean, it, she was never going to be a character that didn't deliver. No, I just feel like all she did was 
she just kind of mourned though and she was just miserable all the time. She clearly wasn't enjoying the experience. No, she didn't. And I think that's what you have to do. I mean, it's it's like us speculating about going in or not going in. I yeah. Think, you know, I think if you sort of are suddenly in that position and you, and you suddenly think, no, this is actually overwhelming. Yeah. Then it's a, it's a wise decision. And I think, I think, as you say, I think the questions in the house were about timing rather than the decision itself, mm-hmm. which is telling, because I don't think anyone said, I mean, I know Sean said it was a shame, but I don't think anyone said she made the wrong decision. I think they thought she'd made the right decision for her. Mm-hmm. It was, it's just a question of whether that was yeah. the right timing. Uh, when, obviously, a bit in the dining room when she went, she went in and kind of announced she was leaving. Yes. I thought it was a bit rude of her to what she said about the British people. Oh, I can't remember what her name was. So but... she said something basically along the lines of, if the people in the house are a representation of the British public, then it must be a horrible place. Oh. <laughs> is essentially what you said. But was a nice bunch, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't even an entirely British house. So no? Kind of, you know, <laughs> which is all the better, you know. Yeah. I think, yeah, so I, d- I don't know. I think it's... You always get into a pickle if you judge people's innate characteristics by their nationality. I mean, I think that they kind of aren't really (laughs) that closely married. No, definitely not. Um, And then since she's got out, she's been, she's been saying a few things and exposing celeb, like Big Brother and all this stuff. And on final night, as soon as Sarah won, she posted a video saying basically that it was, it was rigged from the start for Sarah to win. And that's why she walked out. Well, I think that that's, um, I think I struggled to buy that that was the case because of all the housemates, I think Sarah had the most unpredictable journey. I mean, I don't think that she ever could have guessed at the point that she left mm-hmm. that Chad would end up pursuing Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, which was obviously a huge part of her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, I think... Also, if you look, if you look at Sarah's behaviour in the last week, the number of times she managed to resist conflict, you know, she was sort of subtly provoked, and she, yeah. you could see her decide, no, I'm not going to go there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and I think also, I mean, a lot of Sarah's humour, <laughs> I have to say, was inadvertent, <laughs> but how inadvertent humour she was too, and I think none of these things we could have predicted. No, so. It would have been very, very hard. I mean, you always get the conspiracy theories, but um, but when you really analyse the journey of her in particular, I think it it squashes them. Yeah, but there's these theories for every show, isn't there? Any like oh, always fixed claims like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, always. All those shows all get sort of fixed claims. I mean, I remember like Love Island. People were saying. There was fixes because the people on the show had been approached by producers and asked to audition. Oh, I see. And it's like, well, does that mean that it's fixed? Oh, I see. There's always going to be those claims. Yeah, I think... Because I can't actually think of... Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) that's the thing, is that they are deliciously tantalising conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of anything 
um, be it political or um, or, or celebrity orientated, mm-hmm. te- television orientated, where there isn't one of those theories, and I, they they um, sell and they are very tantalising, but I think. By and large, they're not true. No. I think that the, the great thing about Celebrity Big Brother, though, is that, you know, the, with with all these celebrities, and we're, I mean, we read about them so much, we see them on telly constantly. Yes. I mean, I obviously make a living yes, by even yes. talking about them. Yes, it's you should. <laughs> but uh, we do feel like we know them, don't we? Because yes. well, Sarah had been in Girls Aloud for so many years, yeah. so we knew her. But obviously, we knew nothing about it so going in this house it does kind of give people an insight into what people are really like doesn't it and And, and also the thing that's most alarming is that people say oh I didn't know myself that well Mm -hmm. you know I I didn't think I'd ever react that way to this situation be it positive or negative Mm. Or I didn't think that my best friend... This is one you always hear. I didn't think the person that I was closest to in the house would be that person. Mm-hmm. Because I probably wouldn't have aligned myself with them on the outside, on the outside world. Yeah. Which is amazing, isn't it? I mean, I think that's the loveliest thing. That's the loveliest demonstration of, of human nature. That yeah. in that environment, that you actually make a dear, dear friend that you suddenly realise, my God, I might have completely overlooked that person. Yeah. Just because of the cover of the book, you know, which I think is, that's the best lesson of of all that I think that Big Brother throws Mm -hmm. up, which you see all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So on that note then, briefly going back to Sarah and Chad. Yes. Do you think, is it real? Is it going to last? What do you think? I think it's, absolutely real um, for two reasons Sarah had an awful lot to lose mm-hmm. and yet she went there so I don't think she would have done that lightly at all not, no. and then the other reason is the total metamorphosis in Chad because when Chad went in I thought oh gosh what a chauvinist thing mm. and, and I'm with you on that yes and you suddenly saw this transmogrification as he began to behave as a boyfriend, and you saw actually as a boyfriend you're you're um, selfless and kind and gentle and tolerant and patient and warm, and I really, really. Uh, began to think of him as one of my favourite housemates really? towards the end because of this this metamorphosis. And I thought, if that's the image you decide to have going in, you wouldn't melt into that completely contrary image mm. if you were conscious of what you were doing. Um, so call me... a doe-eyed, old-fashioned romantic. <laughs> but I do believe it. I, I really do. I think it's the real McCoy. I mean, only time will tell. Cool. And I've definitely been wrong before. <laughs> but we'll see. But it's like any relationship, I suppose, isn't it? Like, who who can tell? You never know what's going to happen, do you? You can't. Unless you're Derek Acora. <laughs> because he says... <laughs> He's predicted the, the number of babies and the gender of babies. babies and the location, everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, the really fun along all according to Derek and Spirit Guide Sam. Yeah. And he's he's been pretty accurate so far. He has? So, you know, there you are. So we'll see. Who do you think in series to come, have you got any like dream housemates? Like someone who's never done it before but you would love to say go in the house? Oh, golly. Oh, golly. Well, I mean, there's so many people that I'd love to go in that I suspect will never go in. I mean, I'd love Dame Maggie Smith to be in Oh, there, my God, Because I think she would, be, she would just be dry as a bone. She wouldn't suffer fools gladly. No. <laughs> she, she would does. not. She would be wicked. But I think it's about as likely as, uh, as a pig flying. So, uh, unfortunately, but... You never know. <laughs> you never know. It all depends on the money. <laughs> <laughs> it does depend on the money. Offer I love, she'll go in. Yeah, quite. <laughs> um, who else would I love to see? I'm going to try and think of someone a bit more... A little bit more realistic. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'd love to see Dermot O'Leary in there. Because oh, I think yeah, he's, so, he's so charming and I've I really got a very big crush on him. Yeah. And I think he would be adorable as a flatmate, but I think he wouldn't be just adorable. I think yeah. there would be, he's so bright that there'd be this kind of razor sharp edge to him, mm-hmm. which I think would be lovely to watch. And he's good to have around in a crisis because he hands out the best hooks, doesn't he? Oh, yes. I mean, he can chat envelops people. <laughs> and one, I think it's like dipping a teaspoon into a pot of warm honey. It's just, <laughs> oh, heaven, heaven, heaven. <laughs> who, who do you like more, though, out of Dermot and Joey Essex? Oh, it's got to be Joe. <laughs> I mean, Joe and I have got so, so close. We've I mean, got history. We had two series together. <laughs> and, you know, we were pretty close by the end of the yeah. first one. But then... You know, having, I mean, he was like, he was part of the furniture and I just adored sitting on him. (laughs) On that note? (laughs) I still miss him. What you should do is set up your very own celebrity big brother just in your flat, though. Get him out. (laughs) This sounds a touch illegal. Yeah, it it just. No, you can't go anywhere. Sorry, yeah, not probably, for at least a month. It probably is kidnapped. Yeah. But yes. I guess if you give them some money and a yeah, few I think if you help people hostage the for a month, then, then your explanation to the authorities was that <laughs> you were playing your own version. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they buy it. No, I don't think it was. Anyway, Tom, thank you so much. Oh, I've had a ball for coming in. And I've had such a nice time. Sadly, obviously. Sadly, Big Brother is over now, Mm. as is this podcast. Yes, and I hope you didn't disappoint on the last hurrah. You definitely didn't. Um, So don't forget, if you want to listen to the previous episodes, or you just want to listen to this one again and again, because it was so fun, you can find (laughs) them all on iTunes and Audioboom. So thanks very much for listening, and thanks again. Oodles of love to everybody.